Greetings, this is uh, Scott with the Christian Critic Podcast. So I want to make this first episode kind of an intro to what the podcast is about and kind of where it came from. So for several years, I've had it on my heart that I'd like to have a study group of people uh, who's really interested in learning the Bible and researching what it really says. And I was never able to get people together to come over to the house or we go to their house, meet up somewhere to uh, have these discussions because I have several questions and I just want to get other people's um, answers to. So, uh, I thought it'd be a great idea to go to a preacher and ask them uh, questions and see, you know, deeper questions than just the surface um, answers that they give you when you go to church because they can give you topics and tell you what they want you to hear and there's never really any QA session going on as to why did so-and-so do this and why did God say that or why do you feel this way when it says this in the Bible? Um, show me how your beliefs are different than how I'm interpreting the Bible. So the idea behind this podcast is to, um, I want to get with different preachers, uh, people from different uh, religious backgrounds, Christian religious backgrounds, from the Pentecostals to the Baptists to the Church of Christ. I know they all have their little tweaks. And recently I noticed um, one of the questions popped up in my head that in the, uh, I guess it's the Pentecostal doctrine, it says that speaking in tongues is the initial evidence that you have the Holy Ghost. Um, I'm being told that the Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit are two different things, and I'm not sure if that's true or not. And I do know that speaking in tongues is a real deal. It says it in Corinthians. But also there's a process that when somebody speaks in tongues, there's supposed to be an interpreter, and the word coming from God through the person speaking in tongues, that message is for the listeners and not that person necessarily that's speaking in tongues. So I kind of feel like, from my understanding, that that's misleading a lot of people to think, well, I didn't speak in tongues, so I'm not saved. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, that's when you're saved. I understand. So I'd like to visit with multiple people. Another discussion that I'd like to have is, um, you know, divorce. And I hate how people uh, twist things around in that subject of divorce and adultery and whatnot because people try to use that for their own agenda. Um, when you ask most people, they say, what's one of the reasons you can get a divorce and uh, biblical reasons? And they'll say adultery. And I say, well, that's not true. And they're like, yeah, it is. But plainly, if you read in the Bible, uh, they came to Jesus with that exact question. And Jesus answered it and said that Moses allowed you to get a give a certificate of divorce because of the hardness of your heart. Well, Christians should strive not to have hard hearts. We should be loving, caring, forgiving, uh, all the things that Jesus was. So, Jesus goes on to say um, that it was not meant to be that way, that God uh, made us one once you get married, and nothing's supposed to separate you. Now, the only thing that I've understand that's a good biblical reason for divorce is if one person abandons the marriage and 
there's no way to get them back. Which was in the case of my previous marriage. She took off and left and left me with our three-year-old daughter and couldn't find her for a long time. So, I would like to get people's perspective on divorce. Uh, I'm, I know a couple that are married that uh, the in-laws do not like the husband. And they come from a Pentecostal background. And uh, actually, the uh, grandmother was married to a Pentecostal preacher. And she's a very spiritual, great Christian lady. But her and her son and daughter-in-law, which is the parents of the, the wife and the grandmother, are all saying that God's telling them to divorce the husband. Nowhere in the Bible does God ever say he will tell any man to tear apart what he has put together. He says, man's not supposed to tear that apart. Let no man tear apart what God has put together. And I feel like there should be some consequences to that. If you're somebody that's trying to tear apart a marriage, a unity that God has created when you say your vows, then that, I'm assuming, is a sin because it almost sounds like a threat. Let no man tear apart what God has joined together. So the family is using God to persuade the wife to leave the husband by saying that God is telling all of them that she needs to divorce the husband. I would love to have y'all's perspective on this, who's ever listening to this, if anybody listens to this, but I'm going to be uh, tackling that question in one of my early episodes. But I believe religions are uh, fan clubs. There weren't religions uh, in necessarily in the beginning. You know, when Jesus was here, there wasn't Pentecostal, there wasn't Church of Christ, there wasn't Baptist, there wasn't uh, any of those. It was just the church. And the religions split off forming what I like to call fan clubs. So we'll say Bob over here say, hey, you know, I don't necessarily agree with this. I think the Bible is saying this. And then you have Joe over here that says, well, I'm not so sure that's right. I think it says this. So the interpretations are based on whoever, I'm assuming, created that particular religion. And then it goes on through history. There's actually a verse in the Bible that uh, warns us against these things. And I will bring that up later. That, uh, you know, the word will you know, get misconstrued and it won't be the truth. Which is why I believe that a lot of people that was raised in the Baptist church, Pentecostal church, any religion... You know, they come up in this fan club. Their family are of this religion, so they only know what that family says. They stick to that religion, and they believe everything, everything that's going on. And, And that, I don't think, is good, because God says to seek Him, and you will find Him. And I think if you just get stagnant into one religion and just being spoon fed what you're supposed to believe by the preacher, you're never going to grow with God. So I noticed a few years ago, uh, I was saved back in 2000. Uh, I grew up in Christian schools, uh, Christian family. My family were either preachers, firefighters, or electricians. Uh, I'm a firefighter paramedic. I'm not a preacher by no means. Um, but I do like to ask questions and debate questions, and, I, and I'm analytical, and I like to get deep to the root of things. 
and try to form my own opinions. And I think that's what God's telling us with the Bible is to get into the Bible, you know, get saved. The Holy Spirit comes in you. And once I started studying the Bible after the Holy Spirit came within me, new things started opening up. Stuff I've read for years and years and years that I didn't understand have new meaning. And then there's things that the Holy Spirit, I feel, put on my heart that's like, hey, you need to know more about this. And I think that's different for everybody. My brother, um, which I'd love to interview him on here one day, he he uh, thinks that some of the stuff that I was studying was stupid. It doesn't make any sense. But that's what God put on me. For some reason, that's the path that God wanted me to go down. And maybe it's to share this message because I went from trying to have a group session in uh, my house to... Uh, now this podcast just kind of popped in my head, so maybe I can reach a lot of people, uh, God willing. If not, it gives me something to talk to, and I can hear myself talk out loud. But I remember going to um, <clears throat> my ex-wife's church. She was Church of Christ, and everybody's heard the joke that the Church of Christ are the only ones going to heaven, and I just thought it was a joke. I didn't know it was true until I went to the church, and I was greeted by one of the elders, I believe. He's an older gentleman been going there for a long time and he shook my hand and he introduced himself and like I said it's the first time I've been there he knew my wife and he said uh, so where have you been going to church and I said well I was raised Baptist but I'm non-denominational I believe you know you need to seek and search God and not just have a particular fan club that you're in and he looked at me and he said boy you're going to hell you better get in here and get straightened up and you don't know me yet, but my first thoughts was, I don't think I'm the one going to hell. I don't know, but you know, I'm not here to judge. And with this being said, I'm not a minister. I'm not a preacher. I'm just an average guy uh, living an average life with questions about the Bible. Um, my wife, uh, she's a great Christian woman. She's also Pentecostal. And uh, she... Uh, she thinks I'm going to be mean to the people that I interview on here, and and I'm not. That's not my goal. My goal is to ask, you know, the hard questions and have them show me where they're finding their answers. And a lot of times, the people that I've, general people that I've talked to don't have any answers. Uh, they just believe what they were fed. I was speaking to a Baptist preacher one time about prayer, and this says I'm not speaking about the whole religion. This is just one individual. Uh, and I was speaking to him about prayer, and uh, it got so deep that he got frustrated. And when he got frustrated, he said, uh, don't talk about my God that way because of a misunderstanding. I wasn't talking about God at all. But then he stopped talking to me. So I feel it was because he's really uncomfortable with the questioning. And he didn't have the answers that I was looking for. So that's kind of what it, it may be like in here sometimes. It may be uh, preachers getting frustrated because they're going to be dealing with an ignorant person, myself, asking them probably what may be ignorant questions and to hopefully get the truth out of them or lead us to find the truth for ourselves and let the Holy Spirit guide us to where he wants us or what he wants us to understand. And with all this being said, I don't think just any one religion is going to heaven. I believe that God is a loving God. He's our Father, and He's not... I don't believe He's going to send us to hell because we forgot this one thing or forgot that other thing. I think it's our heart and our passion in pursuing Him. 
that's going to get us to heaven, along with everything else it says in the Bible, which is what I want to learn about. So, uh, again, I don't think just Catholics are going, just Baptists are going, just non-denominationals are going, just uh, Church of Christ, the Pentecostal dollars say those. I don't think just one religion is going. So, about me a little bit, like I said, I was, uh, I'm was i a firefighter paramedic. I've been doing that for a long time. I was raised Baptist. I have uh, uncles and stuff that are preachers in different uh, denominations. Um, and we all grew up together. We all got along great together. And that brings up another thing. You know, I, I hear uh, different religions, and this came from uh, some Pentecostals I spoke with, that said that if you're married going back to divorce if you're married and you're unequally yoked you can get a divorce and they said well my uh, I'm Pentecostal and my wife's Catholic or my, my wife's Baptist or whatever they said we are unequally yoked so we're we can get a divorce and I disagree with that because like I said a few minutes ago in the Bible there were no religions there was just the church people that believed that Jesus came and died and raised again for us to go to heaven. You know, he's our Savior. And that we are to follow the New Testament and the Old Testament. We're supposed to follow it all. But, you know, he was kind of like the image of God for us to see. And it's kind of like, the, to me, it's the difference from reading a book and watching a movie. Sometimes the movie makes more sense than the book. And so as long as we're all Christians with our own relationship with God, following what, where we're led by the Holy Spirit, we're not unequally yoked, whether you're Pentecostal or Baptist. So as long as you're Christian, you're Christian. You're not unequally yoked. And I don't know where that would even say in the Bible that if you're unequally yoked, you can get a divorce. It may. I'm not sure. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, I remember... I said earlier that I'm not a preacher at all. I remember as a kid, I thought I wanted to be because I watched my uncles and everybody preach at church. And I didn't know there were different religions. I just thought we were all Christians. And uh, I got these two old TV trays and I, the ones with legs and I stood them on top of each other and I put a sheet over it and I set my Bible on there. got a little stool I stood on and I called my mom and my sister. And I believe my best friend was there um, for church. And I was standing up there, and I was preaching. I was just reading stuff out of the Bible, um, and I was horrible. I'm not. I'm not the kind of person that can stand in front of a crowd and and preach. Um, and I feel that you really, really, really need to have a really good relationship with God before you stand up there and preach to people. And I think that relationship should be based on the Bible versus a particular individual religious fan clubs slash doctrines. So there's going to be plenty of topics that we're going to discuss, like life after death. There's people say that you just rot in the ground when you die until Jesus comes back. Uh, I don't believe that. And other people want to say um, when you die, you go straight to heaven or straight to hell. Then I'm thinking about well, what about the great judgment that they talk about when Jesus comes back. If you've already been judged, why do you need to be judged again? And I guess in a sense, you're going to be judged somehow uh, when you die. And then I go on to talk about, you know, there's people I want to go on to talk about. I haven't done it yet, but I want to go on to talk about um, 
you know, the people that say, well, when Jesus died, he went to hell for three days. It's like, where are you getting this? Because I remember Jesus plainly saying to the guy hanging on the cross next to him, which was a super bad dude, I think, for all his life. And uh, he said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. So Jesus himself didn't say he was going to hell that day. He said that day he was going to paradise. And that doesn't sound like hell to me. So there's people that actually believe that Jesus went to hell for three days and came back. And I tend to believe that, well, actually, I'm not going to go into that because I want to ask uh, religious leaders um, these questions and lay persons. And, and like I said, I'm a firefighter paramedic. I'm around the firehouse and I talk to my partners at work and I bring up a lot of these questions and they feel like my theory makes sense, but I don't want to have the Scotch Hall Church of Jesus, whatever religion. I'm not trying to do that at all. I'm just, I'm not trying to persuade you or convince you to see my way. I want you to hear what I had to say versus what other people have to say. And then I want you to go look it up in the Bible. Like I said, I'm not a Bible scholar. I, I, I wish I, I could spend more time in the Bible. I can't quote verses hardly at all. I do remember instances that happened and things that happened. And, and uh, I can remember what the verses say. I just can't quote them. So if y'all would like to contact me, uh, I'm just an individual guy. Uh, so I got to do this simple. So you can contact me by going to the Christian Critic Podcast at gmail.com. I'm working on uh, my website, thechristiancritic.com. I have a uh, cell phone that uh, right now, if you get this, if you'd like to call in and give me some ideas for questionings, or if you want to say, hey, you're crazy, or if you're a uh, preacher or somebody in the church that... uh, would like to be a part of this podcast and for me to ask you questions uh, you can call my cell phone which is 903-436-9495 or you can email me at the christian critic podcast at gmail.com i will say i've started sending out some emails to uh, uh, preachers of different churches and actually i've only done one so far so i'm gonna lie to you i've done one so far it was a pentecostal church and I told them what I wanted to do. It's been over a week, and I hadn't heard back. And uh, so make sure if you want to be a part of it, you're ready to uh, sit here, uh, whether it's on the phone or in front of me or wherever this is recorded at, and uh, answer some questions that you may have never heard before. Because I plan on going down these other trails that may have not been walked before, because I'm starving for information. I want to know what the Bible says. I want to do what God wants me to do. And that's why I think this podcast is here. And just so you know, I'm not selfish, but this this podcast is probably more for me because I want to know. But I'm hoping, just like all my partners at work and other people that I've talked to, I'm hoping that with you listening to my questions and see how I'm thinking, you may have some of the same questions that you want answered, that you will go look for yourself, pray about it, and let the Holy Spirit answer those questions for you. So I'm not going to bore you all day with uh, this intro to the podcast. I'm sure it doesn't sound very professional. I'm just sitting here at the table in my apartment. But God loves everybody everywhere, no matter where you're at. And... 
I want to encourage everybody out there to get into the Bible. Um, for those that are struggling financially, you know, pray about it. You know, see where God leads you. For those that are on the verge of divorce, you know, there's some great places like Focus on the Family, your local church. Um, but I will tell you, because that's a subject that I've studied a lot over the past several years, and I'm not proud to say it, but I've been divorced three times, none of which that I have uh, uh, wanted. Um, you know, adultery is a bad sin, and it drags people out of a marriage that God put together, and it wasn't me committing adultery in those marriages. And there's one that just took off, like I said, abandoned marriage. So I'm... I kind of love the whole marriage and divorce thing within the Bible. I don't believe that you give up on your spouse for adultery. Um, and I didn't with the two that committed adultery. Um, I tried to make it work, tried to get them in the church. And uh, I was trying not to let another man tear us apart. <laughs> and I prayed about it and prayed about it and prayed about it. But you just can't change their mind. And God's not going to change their mind unless they want it. And I feel that if they were truly Christians, they wouldn't have left. And people will fall into adulterous things, uh, which is totally wrong. And it totally hurts the relationship. But God plainly gives the uh, example in Hosea where he had Hosea marry a prostitute and she committed adultery over and over and over again against Hosea and he God kept saying forgive her and take her back forgive her and take her back forgive her and take her back and even in the New Testament uh, Jesus preaches about forgiveness and uh, loving your spouse and um, you know to stay with your spouse and pray for them and get in the church get the church to help don't just try to do it by yourself get the church to help you uh, get that spouse in church with you and talk about things let everybody lay hands on everybody and pray about it because if you're thinking about leaving your marriage based on adultery i know how hard that is i know how bad that hurts i know that it's devastating, not just to you, but the entire family, and more than likely the person committing adultery, if they're any kind of Christian, it's hurting them too. It's hurting them bad, because uh, I know a lot of people that has committed adultery that love their spouse, love their spouse, but Satan is a wicked, evil person, and he just destroys their mind and preys on their weaknesses, and leads them into temptation just like Adam and Eve and I think that everything can be forgiven and a marriage can be great if you get God and the church involved but the key thing is to get God and the church involved and get to the Bible and start praying so if this is somebody that I'm speaking to out there that's wanting to leave their spouse for a divorce <laughs> had to divorce their spouse because of adultery. Sorry. Don't do it just yet. If you think it's right by the Bible, don't do it just yet. My ex, when I brought it up, said that, um, well, God will forgive me for divorcing you. And that would make me so mad. I would get, 
I would get angry sometimes. <laughs> I had to question God about it. And he finally answered it just like a week or so ago. He finally answered it. And I was, because it's like, man, this, this is horrible. I mean, it's great, but it's horrible that I can commit a sin and ask for forgiveness. And it's done. He forgets it, which he doesn't. He knows everything. He forgets it, and I can go about my way and still go to heaven. And, and that's true other than people don't like to talk about consequences for your sin. God doesn't forget. God will forgive and still let you work your way into heaven. But there's consequences for your sins. Regardless of how close you are to him, when you commit a sin, it's a sin. You can be forgiven, but there's going to be consequences. And all throughout the Bible, I believe there's consequences for stuff. With King David, you know, let's go back to uh, Genesis. In Genesis, there's uh, Adam and Eve. So I'm sure that they were forgiven. I'm sure they're probably in heaven. But the consequences of that sin still is paid by the women of today with labor pains and their monthly cycles and all that stuff. I mean, there there's consequences. And even in the Bible, and I can't quote this, but, you know, there's a part where, you know, generations of a family was going to be, have to pay for the consequences of different actions. So just because you say, well, I'm getting a divorce and God will forgive me, but you might may lose your blessing down the road, which the blessing is probably with your spouse because God blesses marriages. God loves marriages and he put man and woman on here not to be alone, but to be married. And you're supposed to make it through the hard times. And this should be in my uh, marriage and divorce lecture but that or podcast, but that's going to be uh, with somebody else because I want them to correct me. But just don't get a divorce yet. Go to your church. Go talk to people. Um, don't just, you know, if you're in one of those churches that are telling you it's okay to get a divorce, that God's telling you to get a divorce, to not do it. Because I don't see anywhere in the Bible that God says, yeah, it's okay to get a divorce. But I do see where God says he hates divorce. So if he hates it, he would not be telling somebody to do it. It's like him telling you to go ahead and sin because he hates sin. So... I guess I rambled too long on that. Uh, lastly, one of the other things about uh, religion that I don't understand is um, everybody will tell you, and if I ask you, you know, whose image were we created in, probably all y'all are going to say God, which is true. But I think there's more to that story. Um, you know, it says in Genesis 1:26, God said, "Let us, us make man in our image." So if when he adds us an hour, there's more than just God there. And if you go to the book of John, the first few verses, it talks about the Word was God, the Word was with God, and so on and so on and so on. And people say, well, the Word was Jesus. And I believe that. But some religions want to tell you is that, well, the Word, they manifested into Jesus when he was born. You know, he was just words. And then they said, took all these words and turned him into Jesus, and he was born and became man. But I don't think if uh, God's talking to somebody in Genesis and said, let's make man in our image, let us make man in our image, that he made you a W and me an S and somebody else look like a Y. Because and, and, then we look like words and not man. So there was another manly figure there with Jesus in, 
and quickly. You know, it's funny that when you read the Bible, you know, people read over that stuff all the time. Which later in Genesis, he said, you know, a few verses down, I think, says man was created in God's image or my image. But he did say in uh, 126 that made us, made man in our image. So another thing to think about, and I believe it's in Daniel when they were thrown into the fire, it says, uh, you know, they, they threw three people in the fire and then he looked down there, I believe it was three, and said there's a fourth person in there and that person looks like the son of man. Well, that's what they called Jesus, but this is in the Old Testament. So how would he know what Jesus looks like if this was before he was even born? So something to think about. I'm going to go for today. Uh, Y'all have a blessed day. Uh, shoot me a text, phone call, leave a voicemail, an email, and I will get back to you. Thanks and God bless.